0: Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and it's a miracle I made it through that without coughing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have had COVID for the last week. I am officially over it, tested negative for the first time yesterday, but I've still got the lingering phlegm, as you can imagine. This is maybe a record for me. I think this was my fifth bout with COVID. (laughs) And I try so hard to stay away from people, and it finds me regardless. But it wasn't too bad, and I'm here, and you're here, and it's another Monorail Monday. So I'm so happy that you are here. It is February the nineteenth, twenty twenty-four. It's President's Day. Happy President's Day. This is episode one hundred and eighty-nine of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, and today we've got Disney news, we've got Universal news, we've don't have SeaWorld news, but hey, I mentioned them once again, and then it is still February, so I do have a continue continu- continuation, easy for me to say, of our Black History Month Spotlight series, and today we're going to be talking about a little place called Paradise Park. Oh, I'm, maybe I'm not as on top of it as I thought I was, but maybe I'll bring in my co-host, my monorail co-pilot. Monorail co captain, and she'll keep me in line. Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers, please welcome in Steffer. Steffers, welcome to the monorail.
1: Hello, it's got. I'm glad to be here. I will also tell you, you live in Central Florida. I don't know what you expect. Do you think you're going to run away from COVID like it's not going to catch you in Central Florida? You're like
0: I know, I on. know. Come on. I, come on. I don't want to throw any particular event under the bus, but I will just say. Maybe I caught more than beads at Universal Mardi Gras. That's all I'm going to say. I I will say the season once I started feeling a little icky, I looked back into my memory palace and I can remember two specific instances that could have been the inciting incident at Mardi Gras. (laughs) Um, One of them was a grown woman that was standing directly behind Casey and I and had a nice, healthy cough going. I could tell she wasn't bothering to cover her mouth, face, whatever. I turned to look at her, which I probably shouldn't have done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But she was right behind us. And I wanted to give her that nasty, what are you doing? Look. And she she even looked like embarrassed that it had happened. I'm like, well, why are you, why are you here? Why are you not covering your face? You're, come on. Come on, people. It's like, it's like COVID never happened. And we didn't learn that germs are gross. They're gross. Keep them off of me. Please. Can you do that?
1: Ah chew.
0: Yeah. I was talking the other day about, like, thinking back to what the parks were like when they first opened post-COVID. And there's a lot of things that I'm glad are gone that have gone back to, quote-unquote, normal. Like, I didn't love walking down between the, the, like, the corridors of the plexiglass because they were always too tight. And that was, like, intense. But one of the things that I wish we had never gotten rid of was the spacing in the queues. Why can't we just stand five feet apart from people? I mean, I know it takes up more space. And maybe on really busy days, you just can't do it because you're going to be blocking, you know, lanes of traffic outside of attractions. But most attractions have plenty of room. Let's just spread out. We don't have to be right on top of each other. And we're all going to get there at the same time.
1: See, logical people understand that. But let me tell you, Justin... People who are hacking their way through through uh, the seasons of love over here, um, <laughs> they just want to get to where they're going. So they won't li- like the people that are gonna contaminate you are not gonna listen. I know to that. I so know. like it's a good, it's a very good thought. And like you know, I respect the hustle. Realistically, though, you know, yeah, gotta catch beads and phlegm well, at these things. <laughs> Caught <apparently>. them both. <laughs>
0: Brought back Something souvenirs like in multiple uh iterations. That's okay. We survived, we're good. We're we're vaccinated and boosted and all that. So luckily, you know, the symptoms are, are minor. Um, and I'm grateful for the all the all those things that we have, but still I just wish people weren't gross. Even if it wasn't COVID, if it was just flu or whatever. Just stay home if you're sick don't speaking go out speaking
1: of flu so many people i know are getting the influenza a the past i know like month i know i'm like y'all are you good like what's happening I this don't is know. why i don't leave my house but that's neither here nor there
0: <laughs> so Steffers, you're still healthy you're staying home, staying healthy. Oh, absolutely
1: healthy. not! No, oh, no, no, absolutely not. Like I, like the weather here changes. Like there's like congestion happening, but like those are like seasonal allergies or like just change in temperature giving me a migraine. Um, it's still a problem. I just you know don't talk to people. Yeah. Like I, the 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 people element is what I miss out on. Yeah. Well. Darn.
0: <laughs> it's such a shame. Um. So let me tell you about my week. So Monday, I actually, I started feeling a little weird. Mon, Mon. Well, Sunday night, Monday morning. And I was like, I'd already planned to stay home uh, on Monday because I, I knew I was probably going to stay up late with the Super Bowl and, and all that. So I was like, I'm just going to work remote on Monday. I woke up and I was like, okay, it's probably a good thing. I'm home because I don't feel great. Uh, I took the COVID test Monday morning was negative on Monday morning. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I just, maybe I got the flu. Maybe I'm, who knows what's going on. Um, and I had a service appointment scheduled at Honda. So I took my car and then on the way back and I just dropped it off, but Casey took me over there, brought me back when I went to go get it, picked it up, came back as I'm driving towards my neighborhood. I see, uh, police lights like, uh, emergency vehicles where I normally turn into the neighborhood. So my first thought is, oh my God, Casey had a wreck driving home. So I get closer and it's not Casey's vehicle. And I figure she would have probably called me anyway. It looks to me I like a, so. it and it's in. So the way when you pull out of my neighborhood, there's a middle lane that you if you're turning left across traffic, you can get to the middle lane and then you wait for the traffic that's going right to left to pass and then you can pull out. And the the wreck happened there. And I saw the car and I was like, oh, that kind of looked like May's car. But it, but then I looked at it. and I was like, oh, it looks like an Accord. And May has a Civic. So that can't be right. But then I noticed the person was like leaning into the car trying to pull stuff out. And I was like. That kind of looked like May. So I start driving towards the house and I'm thinking, okay, May hasn't called me. And I know that she would do that first thing if she had a wreck. So I'm expecting I'll see her car in my driveway when I get to the house. Pull up to the house. May's car is not there. So now I'm panicking. Heart going a million miles an hour. Back out, go back to the front of the neighborhood. And it was May. She had had an accident. On Monday, me feeling the early signs of covid monday was not a great day so yes may got an accident pulling out of the neighborhood totaled the car thank goodness everybody was fine nobody's hurt i just want to say yeah
1: i've known you for a while now yeah i don't think i've ever felt older until you just said may and driving i know where have i been like i know what what when when did life just progress and people got older and driving driving
0: and having (laughs) having having her first accident and totaling a car yeah very scary as a parent very scary
1: yeah I'm I can imagine but I'm glad everyone's okay and everything I mean
0: what a week it's been but I'm glad to be here
1: we're almost there
0: yeah for those I mean for those who have been around and and been longtime listeners to the Monday morning monorail I mean I know you remember back in our first our first season, our, our, we don't really have seasons, but first year of podcasting iteration? first iteration. When the, when the show first started, you probably remember listening to, to may, uh, AKA chicken nugget, whatever jelly, jelly, scale, gummy, Ske- whatever name gummy, yeah, gummy bear was another name. Okay. But, uh, the tiny little voice, like may sounded so tiny and, and small and, and now is an 18 year old driver. It's just, it is weird.
1: 18? What, is, what did I get so old? What's life? <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway it's all fine. right, we're fine. We're
0: all good. Let's move on. Let's actually do a show today. How about it? How about it? Okay, I think it's time. Ready or not, to jump into the news. <laughs> Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have scoured all of the blogs, all of the theme park news sites, and brought back the headlines so you don't have to. And, of course, we're going to start with Disney. Steffers, we kind of talked that's a little. <laughs> that's you. We talked. I just want to make sure you're still paying attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about it last week because uh, we did Shine a Spotlight as part of our Black History Month spotlight series. We talked about Charita Carter and we talked about how she's working on a little project over at the Magic Kingdom little little one the reimagining of Splash Mountain the introduction of Tiana into the park and her first attraction Tiana's Bayou Adventure and i think it was monday where we got the big reveal literally.
1: <laughs> of <laughs> literally
0: gosh. of the tiana animatronic oh my gosh did you see it steffers
1: i did and i was re- i don't know where i initially i think i saw it on twitter initially um, And I saw like the first comment was like, thank goodness, an animatronic that's not like a projected face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, I feel that so deeply into my core.
0: I know. I, now, see, I don't necessarily mind the projected faces. Some of them work better than others. I think that in Frozen, like the trolls look really good. Anna and Elsa, maybe not so much. But then the projected faces on the dwarves, on Seven Dwarves Mine, Mine Train, I think that's okay. I will say, though, I've been pretty jealous because I think when you go out of the country to the international parks, it, particularly I'm thinking about the Beauty and the Beast ride, and I can't remember what park that's in, but you see the, the Beauty and the Beast animatronics dancing around and all the high-tech effects, and those it don't have... Paris. Paris. They don't... Is it Paris? They don't have projected faces. They look amazing. And finally, finally, here on American soil at a Disney park, we're going to get one of these fluid, so up-to-date, like, cutting-edge animatronics in the I, Disney parks.
1: I'm going to do a hot take right now, right yep. here on the on the Monday Morning Monorail. I can't wait. Everyone was so uh, excited or, like, thrilled about that Hagrid's animatronic that they mm-hmm. put. Th- this looks so... Clean and so yeah, like beautiful. Like I, I this looks well executed. Not that Haggard was not well executed, but like this, like you can tell that the technology has updated and like they're really trying to yeah do the dang thing. Yeah, whew, she looking good.
0: I know. I'm so excited. I and I think if I'm trying to read tea leaves like we like to do when we're um, reading these articles about Disney news. I think there's a reason that they dropped that animal because they could have kept that under wraps. Nobody knew that we were going to get this these high tech animatronics in the in the Tiana's Bayou Adventure. We didn't know what we were going to get. Um, I think that they dropped that because all the, part of the crowd that was sort of trepidatious about the retheming, they were saying, "Well." You know they're they're just retheming the ride. They're not going to dump a bunch of money into it. It's it's gonna it's gonna it might be cheaply done, and it's not even going to like do a good job of showcasing Tiana. and And Disney's like, oh, let's give them a little taste of what they might get in this ride. And guys, if 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 this is the teaser that we're getting for the ride, I can't wait to see what the whole experience is going to be. I'm I was excited anyway, but this gives me even more hope that Disney's doing this thing right. And it's going to be a like so immersive, um, high tech experience. And I, I can't, I mean, the music's going to be great. You know, the music's going to be great. And the theming just looks like it's going to be so good. I am fired up so much for this ride.
1: My question is, is Is this the only animatronic? I don't think so. To this level, to this degree. Um, and my second thought is, well, Actually, I have more than, like, two thoughts. My brain is not computing very much. I'm interested. I would assume, in terms of the ride progression, like, it's the same speed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to change, like, timing. Right. But maybe they will. My other thought is, hopefully this isn't, like, a, a shaman and Avatar and, you know, breaks down, you know, yeah. kind of every now and again. Do they have a backup? If it does... Is it going to, you know, I, there are a lot of like technical thoughts that I have, um, but they've really been making strides with this ride, mm-hmm. which yep. is slated to open summer of 2024. Yeah. Which is this year. And yep. In case everybody missed the new year uh, <laughs> ball drop, uh, we are in 2024 finally. Um, and this article from Disney Tourist Blog. Predicts based off of I think Frozen and another ride that end of June is a potential opening date. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know. I love it when Disney gives these seasonal opening dates because it gives them a lot of flexibility. Because <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Summer, summer goes for quite a while, um, so it could be September. Uh, but yeah, I, I think June would be great. I I wonder, you know, one of the things we always talk about when they open a big ride or or a new area of a park or something it seems like they like to do it around the october time frame because that's when their fiscal year starts so it's like well this let's
1: would be such a miss though yeah for yeah. a florida summer i not know. have this ride open oh
0: i know and that's the thing right so it's a water ride you want people to be able to mm-hmm. to enjoy it so you got to do it you know strike while the 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 sun is hot oh. in florida
1: so this is my next question then yep if they save the in 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 a speculation world, if they save that with that mentality of opening it in October, are they going to do passholder previews, technical rehearse? Like, are they going to do that kind of thing where, like, the ride is pretty much open, but it's not officially open. So, like, you can't yeah. X, Y, Z thing.
0: Yeah. Because um,
1: they could. That's like a new thing with uh, Florida theme parks. Yeah. They, like, they're doing that.
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah. I don't know. It's in, that's interesting cuz I hadn't really thought about the like backwards calculation of if they open in June when would they start doing cast member previews and pass holder previews it's usually at least a month out ahead of the grand opening so then we'd be talking May um th- that seems too close to me but they are testing logs apparently they've been testing logs they're filling up the the uh water in the in all the trenches <laughs> i don't know what to call them right now in the flumes and they're testing logs so i don't know i'm, I'm just very excited i can't wait and um uh, apparently uh the the opening in california is going to be a little bit later in disneyland it just is later in 2024 but they're getting they're going to be getting Listen, the
1: same thing august is a perfect month for disneyland to oh my gosh did i even announce that on the show
0: I don't think you did. What What are okay. we announcing? That,
1: I, that I'm going to Disneyland for my first time Stephers, in August. Did you win the Super my, Bowl? I did not. but Well, <laughs> technically I did. Taylor's boyfriend did win, so in turn <laughs> I won. Um, but yeah, I'm going to celebrate my birthday in Disneyland. So if anyone has recommendations, um, I actually just bought my ticket yesterday for the parks. Wow. Well. And I'm very excited.
0: That's awesome. That's, that is exciting. We're, we're going to have to talk about that a lot more as we get closer to it, for sure. Closer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe we need to bring on Tom and Michelle to help you plan some Disneyland adventures.
1: I will say I'm sad I won't be like staying like at a hotel because my friends live near the park. But I looked also looked at the hotels and I was like, I was talking to our buddy Adam and I was like, "Uh, so should I stay like one night on site? And he was like, if you're going to utilize the hotel, yes. And then I looked at the prices and I said, is there any way to utilize this for one night at like 400 plus, almost $500 a night? And I said, probably not. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. I'll dream. I'll just walk around.
0: Hey, Steffers, as I read further in this article, because I wasn't listening to you at all. Um, no, I'm
1: just kidding. I happens.
0: I was. Uh, but I, I just scrolled down in the article about Tiana's Bayou Adventure a little bit. And mm-hmm. you had asked, "Will this be the only audio animatronic that looks like this?" Apparently, mm-hmm. Disney had already teased there will be advanced audio animatronic figures, plural, in Tiana's Bayou Adventure. And it says, it, "This is this is their commentary." We also believe the projected faces on Frozen Ever After and Seven Dwarves Mine Train haven't aged well, and they're probably things of the past. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that answers one of I your mean,
1: questions. I mean, I'm thinking of Mama Odie animatronic mm-hmm. is like, a deal, oh, but like, let me be, not.
0: But see, let me not. I want Doctor Facilier so bad in this ride. Like, I just, I they haven't said anything about it. Now, they, there's a lot of characters that they've listed that are going to be making an appearance in this ride. Like, for example, we're going to have Lewis, Mama Odie, uh, Eudora, Charlotte, Princess Ra- or Prince Ralphie, Prince Naveen, and others. It doesn't I ain't say. no way
1: they can't do Doctor Facilier though.
0: I know you you gotta have Doctor Facilier in there, and there. Mm. Do you think? Oh, do for you the think, Plot?
1: Like I feel like for the plot they need him.
0: Do you think that we'll get a little tribute to Ray somewhere in the ride? I think it would be cool if at night the entire uh, side of the Tiana's Bayou Adventure, the mountain on the outside, was covered in fireflies. That would be that would be Chef's Kiss, beautiful to see at night. So.
1: We'll just have to wait and find out. I guess so. They're going to do the outside stuff last.
0: I know. I know. Well, they've got, you know, they've got a lot of.
1: some. Okay. They have like the blanket stuff, but like <laughs> the, like little detail stuff, you know, that they won't really.
0: We won't see it till the day. There. I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. That's um, fine. Yeah. But stuffers, I'm really excited about your Disneyland trip and maybe they will have. Uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure open on that side of of the country by then. So you, you that would be crazy if that's the first place you got to ride it.
1: <laughs> Honestly, that it would track. <laughs> I uh, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows when I'm getting back to Orlando at this point.
0: Well, you do have friends that live down here. Just don't forget that that you could stay. With I,
1: them. I know, and I really could just hop on a sp I really could just bite the bullet and ride Spirit and.
0: <laughs> Hang on tight.
1: Yeah, the thought of that, yeah, the, the thought of that just made my stomach drop. So maybe not. <laughs>
0: it's fine. Um, it's fine. Well, speaking of riding questionable transportation devices, um this next article I was just going to touch on it just out of spite. Uh there are new yeah, new buses debuting at Walt Disney World that have a much more flexible lower area. If you've ever ridden the buses at Disney, they're two tiered and there's like a lower area with some seating and space for ECVs. And then there's a couple steps up that go to the back and then they have seating up there. These new buses are going to have much more flexible space in the front where the seats fold up and they have space for a couple ECVs to lock in, um, in a safe and secure way. Uh, but also if they needed to pack more people on, it could be more standing room. Uh, They also have like a lot of USB ports. It looks like every seat has USB ports underneath it. And they just look, they look nice. They don't look extremely different um, on the outside. The insides just look more upgraded and nice. My question is, why are we getting new buses and not new monorails? Come on. Come on, people. We're just getting USB ports. All we, Yeah, with USB ports, with air conditioning. All we get on the monorails is new interior. That's it. That's all. And then lights underneath them, which, by the way, I'm not sad about. I love the I, I love the ground effects on the monorails. I love it. I would just I, give me fancy
1: party bus
0: high tech. Yeah. The party oh. bus from <laughs> Fast and Furious. Give me that experience. That's exactly what we need. <laughs> oh. On the monorail. I'm just uh, it's great. Great. Okay. Wonderful. So. The thing I took from this, and this is a this is a com article, is that uh, this is a huge bus order. Apparently, back in 2019, they purchased more than 70 buses, and now this order is at least that big. We don't know exactly how big, but the fleet of Disney buses will be above 500 in total. And that just made me wonder, and I did not do the research, how would Disney compete in terms of bus fleet with like small smaller cities or something like you know well knoxville for example how many buses does knoxville tennessee have in its fleet do they have 500 i don't think so but maybe it's just it's crazy the way that this area does operate like its own city sometimes
1: because it is because it
0: is it's a lot of space it's as much it's as big as san francisco as they like to tell you um but that's interesting so good for the buses sad for no no new monorail fleets I'm not surprised, though. Yeah, I'm not either. Here's something that is also not a surprise. Oh, man, I'm all over the segues today. Mm -hmm. This is Blog Mickey. Disney announces Ice Cold Hydraulics snack stand, and, and they give us a sneak peek at the menu. Now, if you've been following along with the Monday morning monorail, you'll know that we've been tracking this construction on Grand Avenue in Disney's Hollywood Studios in front of Muppet Vision 3D. Because it's been a mysterious building for so long, we didn't know what they were going to have. And now Disney finally gave us the tea. We know what's going to be going on at Ice Cold Hydraulics. Here you go. Here's some food candy painted cinnamon rolls, mini cinnamon rolls topped with Coca Cola infused glaze and toasted nuts, bouncing mini churros, savory churros topped with Coca Cola and bourbon-candied bacon, sriracha aioli, and scallions, and then frozen slushies, which, by the way, I predicted, totally called it. You can also get those with Jack Daniel's whiskey, Bacardi Superior rum, or Stoli vanilla vodka.
1: Let's go! Oh, yeah. Alcoholic slushies! Yeah,
0: adult slushies. It's a good time. So I was right, but I did not also predict the uh, cinnamon rolls and churros. So there you go. Congratulations to me once again. (laughs) I know it wasn't really a huge loop we knew or a huge leap. We knew that this looked like it was probably going to be a Coca-Cola kiosk. And I just naturally was like, well, they'll probably have frozen Coke. And they do and will. But it doesn't I don't understand, though, why they made it look the way that they did. It looks you know what I think and we haven't seen the whole building revealed yet. But just looking at the top of it, it looks like a garage, like a like an auto garage. And it looks like something that would be better on like Sunset Boulevard or something in Hollywood Studios in terms of the aesthetic. But
1: not going to lie. This looks like an eyesore. But, you know, here we are.
0: <laughs> OK, well, I wasn't going to go that far, Steffers, but
1: well, it I just like it match. I mean, from this photo that we're looking at, like the height looks like it matches like the building b- behind, you know, like mm-hmm. in the distance. Mm hmm. I just think, like, I don't know. I kind of like the open area. Yeah. I'm not saying that this shouldn't exist. I just I enjoy the open area and, like, adding this. I
0: think in this spot, if I remember right, they always had, like, a little kiosk for, I think it was, like, drinks and popcorn and stuff. Um, so I guess they just decided they wanted to have something more permanent. I don't know why they made it look the way they did. That's my question, but whatever. Now, one thing I wanted to know is this. it It has an address of 725 Grand Avenue. On top of it, and I was like, "Well, what significance does that have?" Because usually Disney has, you know, little winks and tips of the cap to, you know, different things. With when they when they add a number to something, it usually means something. But I couldn't find any reason why it would be 725 Grand Avenue. I actually looked that up in uh, California. It doesn't seem to be anything significant. <laughs> but there's suspension since 1989. I mean, the park opened in 1989, so. That's that's all I've got for you. Nothing else
1: fun. Maybe we'll learn the lore as uh, time goes on. Yeah. Oh, it matches. It just matches the addresses that are already.
0: Oh, okay. So they've already. I see.
1: Like there's a 722, 726, 728.
0: On the other side of the street, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because that would be even numbers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they just tried to ma- match it in there. I wonder if any of those have any significance. I don't know. And I'm not going to look it up right now. Do the research yourself, people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I I did enough of the research just now, so here we are. You did there's great, a little, little bit. I try. I really try.
0: I appreciate that, Steffers. We make a good team.
1: Oh, you know, yeah, we do.
0: Hey, we should be on a popcorn bucket, and until we are, <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with a segue for this one.
1: <laughs> you really tried, and like,
0: there's another.
1: Well, there's there, an th- L.
0: There's another good team that is getting a popcorn bucket for the spring. That
1: would have been a better. That would have been a better segue. <laughs> I mean, you tried.
0: So Disney has unveiled, according to all ears.net, I'm gonna use their headline. Disney just dropped the must have souvenir of 2024. A new popcorn bucket just dropped in Disneyland, and it is very cute. It's Chip and Dale in a little Easter basket. And uh, Dale's got, a like a broken Easter egg on his head and they're sitting among Easter eggs and it's, it's very cute. Why this is only going to be at Disneyland. I don't know, but I mean, people are going crazy for this thing. It's 2675 and, uh, you can get it at carts around Disneyland park and Disney's California adventure and Steffers. I don't think it's going to be there by the time you get there in August.
1: No, they'll have a summer one where it's like Daisy and Donald in a bikini. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, you know who, you know who actually needs a freaking popcorn bucket? SeaWorld. See, everywhere else is up in their popcorn bucket game. That's right, SeaWorld. Has like penguin Trek. Oh, give me a penguin popcorn bucket. That's,
0: that's a million dollar idea.
1: Oh, I mean, I know.
0: SeaWorld, are you listening? You should be. No. We keep saying your name. We're trying to summon you like Beetlejuice.
1: I'm so excited for that movie coming out.
0: Oh yeah. Anyway, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. It's uh, uh, on uh, McKenna Monorail's birthday is when that movie comes out.
1: But it's a uh, great birthday present. Not going to lie.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this popcorn bucket would be a great birthday present for someone with a spring birthday. But unless you know someone in California, you're not going to be able to get your hands on it. And it probably, you know, it's one of those supplies last things. It probably won't last long, but it's nice. It's very cute. Very cute. Steffers, you know. One of the things that we love to do on this show is we love it when Disney drops a foodie guide and we get to scroll through it, mouth watering, and just dream and wish and hope to try the foods on the foodie guide. And this I mean, week, you, you can. I could. You
1: can. You live there. I could. I don't.
0: And I probably will.
1: <laughs> That's disrespectful. But right now. <laughs> I'm tired right. of you, I quit. This is my notice.
0: <laughs> but right now, we just have to dream about it because it's not here yet. Disney gave us a foodie guide for the upcoming Flogar Festival, as we have coined it here on the Monday I'm morning. So
1: dinner. I'm so proud of you for saying Flogar. I, in my head, I was like, "Please say Flogar. Please say Flogar." And you did. I did. You didn't disappoint me.
0: We have to. It's our thing and we're going to stick to it until it takes off. And then somebody else will probably sell it on a T-shirt, and I'll ne- we will never get credit for it. Um, but
1: <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: if you don't remember, FloGar is our way of saying the International Flower and Garden Festival, and that is going to be kicking off at Epcot February 28th, and it will go through May 27th. And while you're there, you can try... Lots of tantalizing food items that sort of have, like, a a nature and, um, like, floral and fresh sort of feel to them. Uh, I mean, I don't know necessarily that a spicy hot dog with pineapple chutney is the most natural thing.
1: Pineapple. In- <laughs> Oh, It's natural. Listen, <laughs> they have a honey bistro, which is kitschy and cute. And it looks really good because there's chicken and waffles with a bunch of honey on it and honey, honey cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Oh, you say cauliflower uh,
0: too. Interesting. I think I'm I might sorry. be. The how weird one. are
1: you not supposed? Well, I'm sorry. How do you say cauliflower?
0: Cauliflower. I just don't. I don't accent that first I or the only eye. But you know what? You're not you're not alone. I think. <laughs> no,
1: now I'm gonna feel like doubt every time I say cauliflower. Most Thanks.
0: I think more people say it your way than me. I say cauliflower. I just bounce right across that eye without going cauliflower. Cauliflower, Indiana Jones. Hmm. Um, I
1: mean, sure.
0: Yeah. So honey, honey is the the hook for that particular uh-huh. booth, right? Uh huh. Pineapple. Pineapple's
1: the hook for Prom, the next one. Yeah,
0: and then we've got Florida fresh. That's going to have some seafood and some. Uh, that
1: one doesn't make sense. Oh. Like the beverages make sense because it's cucumber watermelon. Like that sounds fresh, but like yeah. I don't. I what don't about know. Florida
0: strawberry shortcake? Plant based.
1: Plant based. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a cubanito with uh, mojo marinated pork belly ham. Sweet. It seems cheese.
1: like a lot of sweet stuff. Yeah. Or maybe that's just the way that this uh, foodie guide article reads. But like the next one has like soft serve or an ice cream float or cheesecake. Yeah,
0: there's, yeah, there's a lot of sweet stuff. Yeah.
1: There are a few uh, plant-based items. I'm interested in this plant-based buffalo chicken tender poutine.
0: Yeah, so I wonder. Like it
1: sounds good.
0: I wonder if those are going to be the same plant-based buffalo tenders that they had last year. Was it at uh, the Food and Wine Festival? At it was because it was part of the Muppet. Um, Muppet Labs, they had those insanely hot wings, and then they had the plant-based buffalo tenders, which I thought were really good. And the the picture makes it look like it might be the same kind of thing.
1: They have a lot. Maybe this is just an observation at first glance, mm -hmm. but I'm scrolling and everything that I think looks good, like not that this is a bad thing, but there are a lot more plant-based options. Like I scroll down and I'm like, dang, this Jamaican patty looks fire. Yeah. And it's an impossible Jamaican patty.
0: Yeah. Well, I think.
1: See, I'm so hungry now.
0: I think that must be they're they're they, like I said they're trying to put more of an emphasis on plant based for the flower and garden festival. But if you want your meat, it's out there. Go get that spicy hot dog with pineapple chutney on top. Also, you could go to the Magnolia Terrace and try the Muffaletta panini with ham, salami, mortadella, provol. They put all the meat on that thing on that Muffaletta.
1: We have the meat.
0: Yeah, they got a spicy chicken gumbo with andouille sausage. That sounds good um oh a Bayou cocktail spice rum.
1: i have soy glazed sticky ribs
0: oh okay it's at
1: the trowel and trellis yeah Um uh, they also have an impossible farmhouse meatball with lentil bread that also looks really good gosh i'm just getting really hungry looking at this it's orange sesame tempura shrimp now i interesting. would interesting
0: i i would try that that sounds good to me um I would be remiss if I didn't mention there's going to be a booth called Brunch Cot.
1: I literally just.
0: <laughs> I I mean, I do declare myself. I'm self-named the Brunch Baby. I love brunch. Um, we all know it. It's no secret. The Brunch Cot booth is going to have avocado toast with marinated tomatoes, plant-based cheese crumbles on toasted ciabatta. So all plant-based. That's cool. Uh, they will have biscuit and gravy with impossible chicken fried steak and impossible sausage grit that's exciting i want to try that
1: i'm going to need you there's one thing that i'm going to need you to try
0: the peach bellini
1: at this festival what no worse what the fruit loops shake oh. i'm going to need you to just do it and okay. let me know if it tastes like figment <laughs>
0: <laughs> figment milk. That's all I they milked need Figment. <laughs> Why didn't they just call it Figment milk?
1: Honestly, they should have. It's a million dollar idea. Yeah. But I just need to know. They also spelled it wrong. They did. Unless that's how you spell Fruit Loops. That is. Now, how,
0: that no. is how you spell Fruit Loops on the box. Yeah.
1: Fruit Loops. Really? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Then they spelled it right. Anyway, still <laughs> need to try that and let me know.
0: I I plan to try it and I will let you know. I'll I'll <laughs> make sure to. I'll go visit Figment and get my picture holding it with.
1: <laughs> um, they also have like limited release items. Mm. So, there's an early bloom menu which is available February 28th through March 30th, which is a veal tenderloin with spring pea risotto featuring Ben's original international grains Arbor- Ar- Arborio there you go rice and red wine syrup my got there eventually my brain just didn't work and they also have a strawberry rhubarb upside down cake with creme Mm fresh whipped cream i'm assuming that's how you spell fresh. fresh whatever words are so hard today (laughs) um and then from march 31st through april 27th there's a springtime menu which is a seared scallop with tomato risotto and then a blueberry buckle with lemon creme fresh and Mm -hmm. then summer how long is this festival From April 28th through May 27th, there's a summer solstice, which is a seared pork tenderloin with corner zoto and a peach galette, mm, galet, mm, with ginger vanilla whipped cream.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm usually the one that has to read all these difficult to pronounce things. I'm so glad you're doing it today, (laughs)
1: Stephanie. Listen, I just, you know, I just work here. Um, through the entire festival, they have a hibiscus lemonade cocktail featuring Isla Murata brewery and distillery mm. hibiscus gin mm-hmm. and a frozen lemon tea cocktail with Bering Jaeger, mm-hmm. <laughs> honey and bourbon. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I can do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess these are carts too. Oh, the land cart. I was trying to figure out where this was. The land cart. We'll have a hummus dish, an acai parfait, and a strawberry fruit bar, and also a Florida smoothie. What makes it Florida is my question.
0: Orange. I don't know.
1: mm, Interesting. Uh, Connections Eatery will have a hot honey chicken sandwich. You should try that.
0: Oh, I probably will try that. You should try that.
1: And an orange bird. mm, Liege waffle. Waffle. Yeah. Liege waffle. Don't know what that means. They're
0: like the walk around waffles. They... uh,
1: Oh, uh,
0: yeah, they're good. They're very good. Connections a blood always orange has a hibiscus
1: li- margarita. <laughs>
0: Actually, good. I've tried the normal liege waffle from Connections and it's delicious. It's very sweet, um, but it's a nice. Cr- I like a crunchy waffle and the liege waffles usually are crunchy.
1: I have a silly question. Yeah. We just went through th- half of this article. Yeah. And we're just now getting to the countries. Where are those other booths?
0: Uh, In future world I, or future world world celebration, I guess they're going to be around world celebration. Although the the uh, the Bauerin market, farmer's market, that sounds German to me. It's going to have a warm cheese strudel. It's got pretzel bread. Like that must be in Germany. I would oh, think.
1: They're going to have crab rangoons. Oh, they're going to have I know. Won- or dumplings. Oh,
0: but they're not called crab rangoons.
1: No, they're called crab wontons, whatever, dude.
0: I know. I thought that was so funny. You know ladies love crab rangoon. Every lady I've ever met loves crab rangoon. It's just a fact.
1: A cheese croissant? <laughs> cheese covered croissant. I'm trying to see if like Germany has a separate thing. I see. Nope. It uh, must have been Germany.
0: Yeah, so it's yeah, it's in a weird order, I guess. Um the the people love the frushi in Japan. That'll that's coming back. And they're also this is a new one, they're gonna have a ramen cup. Uh ramen salad shaken in a cup with fresh vegetables, grilled chicken, and dashi broth with chili oil and yuzu. They had cold noodles I think last year and I didn't like them.
1: I was going to say I don't think anytime that they've tried to do some sort of noodle dish. I maybe I'm just one in a million but I don't think I've enjoyed a noodle dish that they've done. Um
0: in one of the booths.
1: In the in one of the booths. Yeah. yeah. Like the dumplings, don't even get me started. I know like dumplings are kind of sometimes hard to mess up. I'm a, you can mess up a dumpling yeah i love the dumplings i love the bows mm-hmm. like
0: i like I ba- the you know i like bow but bow tends to be too bready for me like oh i love a whole bough is very me. filling to me it's just so bready but i like them mm-hmm. but they i don't know
1: i need I someone know. to share bow bow share i mean i'm here
0: <laughs> yeah frankly
1: a chocolate covered cannoli oh okay i'm getting so hungry even though i just ate
0: Let's see what the special funnel cake is going to be, Steffers. Oh, it's not that exciting. It's uh, it's going to have vanilla ice cream, strawberries, whipped cream, strawberry uh-huh. glaze, and strawberry crunch.
1: Basic. Go to America. Get your own. Or, yeah. Or go
0: to... Well, I think that's probably going to be anyway. in the, the American thing. Adventure. Yeah. So, in, anyways, lots of good things. Now, I decided I want to have a little more fun because we are always so obsessed with foodie guides for all of the festivals. I think that it would be really fun to introduce a new seasonal feature here on the podcast, and I'm going to call it the monorail menu challenge. So here's what I would like you to do. If you are a listener to the Monday morning monorail, I I don't know how you would know this if you're not. I want you, oh, and and you're lucky enough to make it into the parks during Flogar. What I want you to do is take a picture of whatever you're eating and then post it to your Twitter or Instagram tag at morning monorail in one of those two locations and give us a review of what you tried. Let us know if you liked it, give it a rating, just a quick, just your quick thoughts on the food item and then add the hashtag hashtag monorail menu. And I'm going to enter you into a drawing that you could possibly win a $50 Disney gift card. So I thought this would be a fun thing to do. I think it'll be a way for people who, if you're a listener to the monorail, but you don't get to go, you will be able to sort of follow along with the people who do your monorail extended family. And they'll be letting you know what they've tried, what they like, uh, what they recommend or what they don't recommend. Maybe maybe they help you avoid something. You can enter more than once every time you do it. With a food item, I will add to your entry. Now, here's the thing: I was going to ask you, Steffers. Let me, let like, you, let me know if you think this is a good idea. Do you think every week during the festival, on our Monday episode, we should pick a new item from one of the booths and call it like a special monorail featured item? And if people post that one in that week, they get like double entry. What do you think?
1: Yes, but we have to include one. Like, I think it could be a beverage or a food. Yeah. Definitely. But yes
0: yeah I think that would be a fun way to do it um, but I, and I think I don't know like we'll, we'll see how it goes but I think that this will be a fun way to sort of like get the community involved interact with you interact with each let you interact with each other and then also there's a nice reward at the end um, I'll do the drawing like use you know put put all of your names basically onto they, they've got a website where you can make like a really big spinner wheel. And then you just hit the button, and it spins it, and it lands on somebody. We could do that. We could do it live. We could do that on like the passholder lounge or something
1: mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. announce we the could.
0: announce the winner. That would be fun. So this was that just
1: would be
0: fun. this was just a wild idea I had last night while I was putting the notes together, and uh, sprung it upon Steffers today. So,
1: but two minutes ago, as he was saying as he was as it was coming out of his mouth, <laughs> I wasn't even. I had no idea. It's not like he put it in the show notes that I definitely <laughs> read prior to this. Podcast.
0: <laughs> we all know nobody anyway. reads the show notes until we actually start recording.
1: Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Mm, anyway, <laughs> uh, Flogar. Yeah,
0: Flogar. And you could say Flogar in your tweet or Instagram post if you'd like and to. You let should we get that Honestly, going?
1: Honestly, it it would make me happy. Yeah. If you said Flogar.
0: So I'll remind you all next week. As the festival does kick off on the 28th, um, tag at morning monorail on the tweet or the post on Instagram. Use the hashtag monorail menu, post the picture of what you're trying, and then give us a little review. That gets you an entry into the gift card giveaway, and then I'll send it to you electronically so you get it like instantly. Whoever wins. Thanks, guys. That'll be fun. I hope you you participate. Hopefully this wasn't a big flop. Of an idea. Um, all right. Well, that was the Disney update. Steffers, we got a few things over at Universal. You want to kick it off?
1: Oh, yes. Across the Universal with me. <laughs> it's me. That's Steffers. I think the biggest. Well, let's not go with the biggest headline first. Let's, okay. let's rewind back up. To this uh, popcorn situation. Yeah. Because Universal has released a Bumblebee Transformers popcorn bucket. Oh, yeah. For a whopping $34.99 (laughs) buckaroonies with one free popcorn fill and can be found at both parks. Yeah. I got to say, looks great. Not worth my... Well, I would say not worth the $35. However, like... If you were to buy a plush or something, it'd probably be a comparable price.
0: Yeah. So, and let's not leave out. It lights up. Its eyes light up. And you can move its God, arms it's and legs. Cool. That's cool. I think
1: it's kind of it's cute. Yeah. I, know, I want an Optimus Prime one. If there's an Optimus Prime one that comes out, like, maybe I'll blink and it'll be, like, in my possession. <laughs> but, you know.
0: I, I think it's cool. But, I, I like Bumblebee. I think Optimus Prime would be cool, too. Um. But here's the question. We all love the King Gator Popcorn Bucket. I don't know that which actually one. actually looks so cool. If I had to pick between the two, I don't know which one I would pick. I did see this in person um, when we were there. They actually had these out when I was there last week. So I saw it, and it's cool. But the King Gator is just so cute. So cute.
1: I'm just interested to see like if they're going to keep on a theme with these popcorn buckets or if they're just going to... You know, because they were on the Minion train for a very long time. Then they switched to Mardi Gras train, and now they're randomly doing an Autobot <laughs> yeah. transform. I mean,
0: they're bouncing all over the place.
1: They're bouncing around a little bit.
0: I liked. I should have gotten one of the the Chucky popcorn buckets last year because I don't have a yeah, universal probably. popcorn bucket, and it would have been good Honestly, if that was my A first little.
1: One. That's a little disrespectful to I know that you wouldn't in, invest I in a in popcorn bucket. Honestly, our popcorn bucket game really just started picking up, so it's okay.
0: Well, uh, as as they drop these, I'll I'll have to I'll be selective, but I'm gonna get one. I I don't I need I need more shelf space. Is what I need to add I all mean, my little. You'll souvenirs. get there.
1: I, I believe in you.
0: Yeah, but that's cool. That's exciting.
1: Uh, it is exciting. Um, what's even more exciting? Now I'm gonna go into the big, big the big headline of the universal lifestyle or something. The app. We talked about this like 2 weeks ago. I yeah. Think, a couple I don't whatever however many weeks ago, but the app has finally gotten an update. Yes. We teased it and it came to fruition clearly universal listens to this podcast. Yeah. Uh but they focus on four main areas. Uh, this is all ears.net who kind of laid it all out for us. New visual design, redesigned map, reimagined wallet and enhanced accessibility. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, me, Justin texted me and said Universal got an app update, so I opened the app and sure enough, boom! It looks so clean now,
0: yeah, so much better.
1: Like so clean, it has like teasers to Epic Universe. It like your profile. I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm even gonna open the app right now just to kind of enjoy this article with it. Um, but there's like a profile tab where it'll have your VillainCon Minion Blast connection thing. You can. Put your parking reminders. It even has blockout dates. So, like, you can select the kind of pass you have. It'll tell you your dining reservations. You can chat with Universal. I guess you could always chat with Universal, but, like, it would take you, you know, to... I think it would take you to, like, the webpage. I think it did. And this I, looks like it's, like, within the app. Yeah. Um. The Wallet, you can manage the different passes or tickets that you have. You can change the credit card you have. They also included a travel party, which is something that like Disney already has in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. booking things. So I have six members of my travel party. No idea how they determined my travel party. I'm assuming because we had plans.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, little I have no ago. idea who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would really funny. Um, Universal Play. Sink and Play. Oh my gosh, this looks so clean. Yeah, it's better. It's so it's. I- yeah i clicked i clicked the minions blast section it like gives you really good instructions it tells you how to connect make sure you have the nfc on your phone on it'll also look at your location you can see what other games they have available um you can buy express passes you can buy tickets you can do extras like dining experiences and the map Oh, this map is just beautiful. The map is
0: so much better. Do they have
1: Epic on here?
0: The only thing that I wish... No. Universal, since you're listening to us already, here's my um, little small request. On the map, when you zoom into the park, I like that the Mm -hmm. sections are color-coded. I like the new icons for all the different attractions, different types of attractions. That's great. But say I zoom in and I'm looking at Rip Ride Rocket. If I tap the icon... Why doesn't it tell me wait time right there? That's all I want. Like on the map to be able to see wait time because you get that on the Disney app. And I know we shouldn't compare the two, but that's a very convenient. I mean we should. That's a very convenient thing to just be able to tap on the attraction on the map and see the wait time.
1: I think. Have you done it while you're in the park?
0: Um, I, I did not. I haven't been to the park since they updated the app.
1: Uh, Maybe, maybe try it while you're in the park, because when you're on the homepage and you scroll down to featured attractions, mm-hmm. it has like the wait times. So maybe it'll pop up if it registers that you're in the park that just speculation, like don't at me, because it also says show on map. Yeah. let me. So like it, maybe, well, maybe I, they integrated it, but maybe tap, they
0: didn't. If you tap show on map, it just shows you where it is. But yeah, I that's one of my biggest things is I want to I want yeah, easier. but mine says
1: fifty minute wait. Like I did Velocicoaster, oh. and that top left bracket says fifty minute wait.
0: Show on map, top. Dang, oh, you're right.
1: Thirty five to fifty in point two seconds. I just want to let everyone know real time. Maybe that went up twenty. Oh, minutes.
0: maybe Rip Ride Rockets down because <laughs> I'm picking an attraction <laughs> when it's a rainy day, and that could be what's happening. Oh yeah, you're oh. right. You're right. Steffers, I was wrong. You were right cuz now I picked Minion Blast and it says 25 minutes. So yes, on the map you zoom in and you tap it and you do see the wait time. Great. Wonderful. 45 and minutes. And the wait
1: times are on are on the homepage so you don't they have are. to go to the map either.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. I take it back. I was wrong Good again. Good job. Good it, job Universal. It happens.
1: I will say I would this is just like a nitpicky thing. I would move featured attractions higher up.
0: I would too. Yeah, I agree with
1: um, that. Because helpful res- helpful tools just seems like something that should be at the bottom, especially because the blocks are bigger. Um, but that's just getting nitpicky. It's I like, not. I like oh, the medicine mo- and personal products, available locations.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I like the available <laughs> or the uh, mobile dining. Um, they've got a big icon, helpful tools. You click on mobile dining and then you can tap the available locations um, tab and that looks a lot more user friendly now clean yeah clean and mm-hmm. user friendly I like that I love mobile dining
1: I do too I think and it also tells you where did I just see that dining I think it it also tells you like what kind of payments they take oh and if there's a coca-cola freestyle machine what kind of restaurant it is and if universal pay is accepted which is my assumption is is it's the the wallet on the app it if is can yeah take the wallet so
0: this is a new thing um, yeah it, it says you can set up your your app so that I think it shows a barcode Uh, cr- so click on universal yeah it's, and a, it's you can a QR set code. a
1: spending limit
0: yeah so if you have a if you have a payment method set up in your universal app you can set up the universal pay and then um you can make contactless payments using your in-app wallet Set up Universal Pay to keep your credit card handy right in the app, then simply scan to pay for items at most merchandise and quick service food locations. Wonderful.
1: There's there is one gripe I have about this.
0: Okay. What is it?
1: They will not. They still did an ad where you can input a gift card as a form of payment. Ah. So when I'm doing a mobile order, like say when I went to the Orlando Informer meetup, and I went to go order at the Minions Cafe. They give you at Orlando Informa, they give you like a fifteen dollar food and beverage gift card. Mm-hmm. I couldn't use it on the app.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: that is my one okay. thing.
0: So you found that one I hope thing that they add. Um, that that would be a good upgrade. I will say giving them props for something that was a it was a pain when I was there last weekend. The, the Mardi Gras section is improved, and last week I found it difficult using the Universal app to find the food booths and find the menus and then also find the location of the food booths using the app. This one is it's so much better now. So there's a Mardi Gras section. You can click on Food and Beverage, then tap Food Info. It, it shows you each one of the locations. So if I tap the Bloody Mary bar, because we all know that's what I want. Shocker. You can get to the menu, and then also it shows you the location on the app. Beautiful. That's a, that's all I wanted, and it's got the menu there. That's all I wanted last week. I had to use the Orlando Informer um, article because it was a lot more detailed and easy to use than the app last week. Wouldn't have to do that now. Thanks, Universal.
1: Thanks, Universal. You're so great.
0: This is good. And so now we, we brought this up because... Universal has eliminated the physical park maps in the parks. Mm -hmm. And so we started saying that's fine, but you need to improve the app if that's what you're doing. And boom.
1: And they did. Boom. They They did. They really did that. I'm proud of them. Yeah. So. I am, maybe, okay, also, maybe when you're checking out, when you're, I, like, I'm not in the location, so it won't trigger it, but maybe, like, they added a thing where you could put a gift card in when you're checking out, but in my head, it would be in the wallet still.
0: Yeah, you would think that, you'd be able to my put it in the wallet, yeah.
1: Which, usually, I wouldn't matter. I don't think Disney does this either, though. Like, you have to have the physical gift card. No, you have a digital gift card. Can you load that on my Disney Experience though?
0: I don't know. I'm
1: thinking like people who, th- my brain is going to people who are trying to set a, a budget. Say like it's Mardi Gras and you're trying to be like, you know, set X amount of budget. I wonder if you could just upload that amount to your app wallet. Anyway, that's just nitpicky. It's not a huge deal, but I love this.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the wallet right now just to. Review. Yeah, it only
1: showed me uh uh which my jinker. It only showed me my credit cards. <laughs> so,
0: so the funny thing is, okay, now this is great, right? Because what what I am taking from this wallet right now, you've got your travel party, mm-hmm. and then you can go to manage travel party.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, hold on! In the so, I'm sorry. If you manage payment details, that's where you go. Then there's the spending limit button. So you click on that and it shows you your travel party. So I'm wondering, could I? Well, I guess it would matter if they tried to use. It's only
1: at Volcano
0: Bay. Oh.
1: Yeah. It's It's for the Tapu
0: Tapu bands. I thought it would be really funny if I could just like, oh, someone's in my travel party. You're only allowed to spend $20 today. (laughs) And then they can't use their own card. That would
1: be so rude. Yeah. But kind of funny.
0: Not going to lie. That would be great. Um, well, I'm excited. I, the, the other thing that I've struggled with a little bit in the past with the universal app is dining reservations and it will show, it looks like it will show your dining reservations, but you still, okay. So you have to pick a restaurant and then I actually, I i
1: can't ne- change my travel party. Oh, you can't. No, hmm. I click the person in my travel party and it just kind of gives no entitlements. I don't know what that means, but
0: I think that means you, you have Uh, you haven't given them access to a card. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know.
1: Who really knows, but this is kind of exciting. Like I'm kind of, this is kind of, I such a nerdy little thing, but like, I'm kind of excited.
0: I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I love technology upgrades. I like using technology and I think it is important to make it uh, more user friendly for people who maybe aren't technology inclined. Um, the accessibility is good. The app, it does look cleaner it, it To me, it's more intuitive. The map is better. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. And it just, it looks more modern. So great. Great job, Universal. Thank you for they doing also, this.
1: They also, single rider line. So I wanted to see if they have an indicator on each ride. And I don't know if they always did. Just something I thought of. But I went into Gringotts and they have a single rider line. And then in parentheses, parties will be split.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it does tell you which attractions mm-hmm. have that. That's good. Yeah. It's great. More information, the better, Universal. Wonderful.
1: 10 out of 10.
0: Now just give us an Optimus Prime popcorn bucket, and we're happy campers.
1: Well, you know, sometimes people can't make it to the parks, Justin, and they won't be getting their Optimus Prime (laughs) popcorn bucket. But you know what they can do instead?
0: Oh, what could they do?
1: They can sit at home on their computers (laughs) and download Minecraft. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I saw this and I actually I audibly laughed. But uh, Universal Studios now has a DLC uh, on Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what a DLC is, it's downloadable content. Yep. And it has um, attractions such as Jaws, ET, Jurassic World, and Back to the Future. Mm. ET looks looks great. <laughs> Woody Woodpeckers there. Uh. <laughs> He
0: greets you and asks for your help restoring the letters on the universal <laughs> globe.
1: And uh, they got Shrek. They got mini games, uh, souvenir shops. Uh, I'm gonna tell you this right now, y'all. I am not a Minecrafter.
0: Okay, is this gonna pull you in?
1: Absolutely not. Oh, but it looks cool. Like, I do want to it. I think I'd watch it. somebody play this, but like, I just I'm personally not a Minecrafter. Um, there is a Minecraft. Uh, x universal studios experience dlc trailer i highly recommend checking that out and it looks really cool like it it really fills the nostalgia bucket because they have the like the back to the future like the og stuff that like we all miss yep um so if you can't go to the parks and you can't get a popcorn bucket and you can't uh you know if you just can't (laughs) minecraft is your way to go i think minecraft is minecraft free i don't actually know if it is it might be a little, a little buck or two, but it'll be cheaper than a theme park ticket. So,
0: I, you do have to pay for it. But um yeah. I, I think this is this is very cool. It's it's interesting. <laughs> the timing of this announcement was interesting because we talked last week about Disney buying into Epic Games to the tune of 1.5 million dollars and then Universal's like, "Yeah, guess what? We're on Minecraft."
1: <laughs> Which and honestly, Minecraft and Fortnite are two very popular they are like i don't think in any way shape or form this was like a bad
0: no it's not it's not i people have been really excited about it and and Steffers, i'm a little surprised that this doesn't sort of pique your interest to the point that you might try it because i mean getting to in a virtual way like experience the rides that you miss that that's enticing to me like I would say for sure, if I was still living outside of the state and there was this option, well, for for Disney or Universal, honestly, I would really, I would consider it quite a bit because it it seems like maybe it would give give you a little taste of what you're missing. I don't know if that makes it worse and makes you want to travel even more. Um,
1: Well, the only, I would, I, so Roblox had like a similar thing. So I did that on Roblox. Um, I would say that if this, and I don't know if it is or if it's not, but if the DLC was potentially available in VR, mm. like I have a VR headset, mm-hmm. so like I would do it for that. Maybe. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, I am just not a Minecrafter. Mm. I I don't like the um pixelated cube people. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, that's did just see, me.
0: Did you see what Jim Scholl said about it? <laughs> on twitter oh
1: no, do i want to
0: <laughs> it was just funny it's just like people were just like quote tweeting it and basically saying tell me you've never heard of minecraft without telling me you've never heard of minecraft because he was like it just looks so pixelated and blocky and
1: <laughs> yeah but, that's, um, I, yep. I don't like that kind of gameplay <laughs> but people do so it's like i can't not i mean it's a very popular game. Minecraft Dungeons has been highly recommended by all my friends. I just it's not for me. I'm I'm a Fortniter. So catch me on that Disney Epic Games collaboration. But if they don't show you Mulan, then I'm gonna Alt F four and uninstall. Ugh. I don't know. I think it's gonna be great. I think if anyone um I what I also like about it is it's kid friendly. So like yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Minecraft has really stood the test of time. Like I, it's crazy to me because I can remember in the early days, my nephew started playing Minecraft when he was, oh, he was probably like eight or nine years old when he started playing Minecraft and he is now 25, I think. (laughs) (laughs) um okay i think so
1: it's also like a cute idea like to announce that you're going to the park you could be like oh you know remember how you were playing that game on Mm -hmm. your computer well i'm taking you to universal or i don't know i mean you can't write all the stuff like a lot of it's r.i.p gone but you know i don't know i thought that would be cute that would be cute for a little Well,
0: just because I because I mentioned it, I wanted to go ahead and deliver on that. So Jim Shull is a former Disney Imagineer, and he's been saying tweeting out some things that eh, he may or may not (laughs) agree with. Uh, It's been interesting. I don't follow him, but I just looked up this tweet and he he took a screenshot of the Kong skull or Reign of Kong um, at exterior of the attraction on minecraft and he said can someone explain if the minecraft design aesthetic is meant to be blocky and crude i get minecraft's audience is young but this is still rough (laughs) (sighs)
1: yes Yes, it is it it is meant yes yes that is that is the aesthetic
0: that's the point mr shoal
1: that's what i'm saying like if you if you don't get it you don't get it
0: right I agree with that.
1: And um, and there's nothing wrong with not getting it. However.
0: Okay. Still. So Disney is, you know, already on Fortnite, going to be more involved. Universal's got their Minecraft DLC. So that means SeaWorld, maybe they could get into Club Don't Penguin.
1: Oh,
0: Was Club Penguin a Disney thing? It they was.
1: closed. Yeah, probably. But it also, I think, closed.
0: Well, bring it back for again. SeaWorld. Let them do it.
1: Club, new Club Penguin, UCP.net. A free snowy virtual world based off of the original Club Penguin. Yeah, no, they got rid of it.
0: Wait, so... Club but,
1: Penguin Legacy.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with a good option for SeaWorld. I feel like Club Penguin makes sense. Or maybe... Uh, what's another uh, ocean, more ocean-based yeah, like online multiplayer game? Wasn't there, there was Toontown. like a- Toontown. What is it?
1: That's also Disney. Toontown was Disney. Never mind.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, All the cool stuff is Disney. I don't I, know. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm just trying to look out for you, SeaWorld. I'm trying to get you in the game.
1: Neopets. Neopets.
0: <laughs> Neopets.
1: <laughs> Neopets could be SeaWorld. Something SeaWorld. like that. I don't know. It's don't in the quote game. Don't me on that. All
0: right. <sighs> awesome. But
1: yeah, go check it out. Let me know if you play. I won't be, but
0: I know. I have really considered it. I might do it just just because I want to see it for myself. And um, Minecraft to me, I'm not a huge Minecraft player. Um, My kids played. And again, I mentioned my nephew played and I would play with them sometimes. I've never like tried to do any of the actual like get to the end game or any of that. I just like destroying and building stuff. And it's like virtual Legos, essentially. Um, So I think it can be sort of calming. People talk about like Animal Crossing being that way that you can just like put it I on love
1: Animal Crossing
0: and it's like calming. I think Minecraft can be that way, too. Um, so I might try it out and I can report back. We'll see. But I believe in you. Thanks. Well, I believe in us and our ability to take a break because that's what we're going to do right now. On the other side, we are going to continue our Black History Month series. And this time it's going to be a little bit different. What will we talk about? You'll have to stay with us to find out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. It's me, Papa Monorail, sitting here with Steffers, the Steph-Steffers. I, I, you need a nickname. Well, Steffers <laughs> is a nickname.
1: Steffers is the nickname. But the, you need the Stephanator. Stephers,
0: the Stephanator. Steffers, the Stephanator Steffers is here with me, and Gimli's here too, just in case. Gimli is here. Yeah, Gimli's in the room where it happened, and... It is now time to continue our Monday Morning Monorail Black History Month series. This week, I took a different approach to the spotlight um, because I'll tell you, uh, from from like a, a sort of sad, well, a very sad perspective, uh, there it, it is very hard to find in the history books. The names of black people that have been very involved in the development of the theme parks that we love so much. I'm very excited that now in more modern days, it's becoming more common. We talked about Lanny Smoot. We talked about Sharita Carter. Both of them huge contributors to Walt Disney World. But I I was really hoping to find like a good name for Universal or maybe Cedar Fair's or. Um, I even like like looked at Knott's Berry Farm. I did the I did searches in a lot of different ways, and it, it's either the problem is the resources aren't very good um, that would allow me to find more names of people that I could share and, and we could celebrate on the show, or it's just true that over the the years there have not it's not been a div- a div- a diverse group of people that have been. Uh, brought into the community of developing the theme parks and experiences that we love so much. But here, going down this path and doing this research led me to something that was pretty interesting. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about the attractions that were developed for black people during the time of segregation. So this was brand new information to me. Um, A failure of our education system, if you ask me. But there's a lot of things that I don't know about, like that what went on um, during segregation. And so I thought this was really interesting and I wanted to bring it um, to you all to the show today. So during the segregation era, black people were not welcome at many tourist attractions in the South. Amusement parks were often marketed as clean and safe and had guards at the gates to enforce the whites only policy. If a black family did enter the park, they could be removed forcibly, possibly beaten. African-Americans challenged segregation at amusement parks, swimming pools, and skating rinks throughout the 20th century. Civil rights campaigns targeted segregation at amusement parks, including Gwyn Oak Park in Baltimore and Glen Echo Park outside of Washington, D.C. Other parks such as Fontaine Ferry in Louisville were sites of major racial clashes when African-Americans sought entrance. In 1949, Paradise Park opened in Ocala, Florida as a tourist attraction for black people. Paradise Park was located about a mile down the Silver River from the popular Silver Springs attraction. So Silver Springs was a a natural park that people went to to enjoy the beach, enjoy swimming, enjoy outdoor activities. But they also had glass bottom boat tours. And a lot of the glass bottom boats, uh, the captains were actually black men. And when segregation was uh, enacted, the the black people were no longer allowed on a daily basis to go to the park. Uh, From what I read, it seemed like on the weekends, the glass bottom boat captains could bring like their families and things like that sometimes. But uh, for the most part, the rule was uh, Silver Springs Park was, was segregated. So, I will say, I read that Paradise Park was developed by two white entrepreneurs, They and they owned the property, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk so much about them, because they've had their time, they made their money. But what I do want to talk about is, those two guys hired a man named Eddie Leroy Vereen, who was one of the uh, captains of the Glass Bottom Boats, and he became the first and only general manager of Paradise Park during the time that it was opened. So... The park opened May 20th, 1949 and stayed open for 20 years. So he held that role for 20 years. Uh, Paradise Park offered similar features to Silver Spring, such as glass bottom boats, quote unquote, jungle cruises, a petting zoo, a dance pavilion with jukebox uh, performers, a softball field, horseshoe toss and a sandy beach with lifeguards. Um, it closed soon after desegregation because it basically just joined with Silver Springs. And now from what I read, this this property is just totally like um, already been like reclaimed by nature. It doesn't exist at all anymore. Uh, but it served African-American patrons prohibited from the Silver Springs boat rides that were limited to whites only. So I just this this to me was really not not surprising, but really eye opening and it was sort of as I was doing the research again, I found it really difficult to find good information about like who developed the park, who owned it, where was it like it a lot of this is lost to time, but it has turned out that there were people who remember going there and and there have been some articles that have written I found one by uh Wesh, which is a local news affiliate here in Florida, and they they talked to either family members who knew, you know, people who went to the park or they're just older um, people who live still in Florida who actually did experience the park and, and can recall and and have really fond memories of Paradise Park. Um, one of the things that I thought was pretty cool is they did a, a Miss Paradise Park pageant. And in 1949, it was a, a woman from Sanford who <laughs> who won the Miss Paradise Park uh, pageant. And Sanford's like right where I live. So it was on Labor Day. There was a beauty pageant sponsored by the local American Legion. And Mildred Jones of Sanford was crowned the first Miss Paradise Park. Uh, Future Farmers of America had conventions there. Uh, B.B. King went to Paradise Park. um, And they hosted a lot of events for churches and schools. And um, it was just... Uh, like it was it was a place, it was a haven uh, for people black people who weren't allowed to go and and participate in the the parks of the day particularly in the south so this was really i don't know really uh interesting to me again i said it was really eye-opening um but almost more more so than what i learned the difficulty i had to find like good consistent information and good resources about this was sort of um eye-opening as well um oh uh, i want to mention so admission to the park was free though swimming was 35 cents but that gave you a towel and clothes storage that's a that's a deal uh 35
1: cents 35 cents
0: yeah paradise park drew about a hundred thousand visitors annually people came by the busload from as far away as new york and california at times the park overflowed with visitors churches held baptisms there and picnics, preachers, and choirs had sunrise service. There were Easter egg hunts, baptisms. Again, this went on for for 20 years. (laughs) According to a sign in the promotional movie uh, in the promotional movie cited below, uh, Ross Allen's wild animal exhibit included dozens of alligators, hundreds of snakes, monkeys, deers, birds, turtles, lizards, exotic animals, and old coochie. a a giant.
1: sorry? Bless (laughs) you.
0: A giant alligator. So... In, re- really, I don't know. Really interesting. I, I, um, I'd like to do. I'd like to do a little more digging on this. And and if this is something that anyone out there who's listening, if you've if you're familiar with Paradise Park, if you've if you've ever heard of it, or if you know anybody who has any f- information about it, let me know because I'd definitely like to to learn more about it. But uh, so today's spotlight was was a little bit on Paradise Park, but I really wanted to to make it also about. Eddie Vereen, and um, apparently he was such a big advocate of the place, a huge supporter. I mean, obviously he ran the place for 20 years, but also was like a uh, a marketer, like a, a tireless marketer of the park because he wanted to get the word out and make sure that people that looked like him knew that they had a place that they could come and, and enjoy and spend time with their family and feel safe. And that's, that's pretty special, pretty awesome. Eddie Vereen's grandson, Clarence Lewis, he said, this was his quote, It was a heaven, a heaven to get away from the toils of everything. And society had society had back then the Jim Crow laws and everything else because we had our own place. So really, really cool. Steffers, were you aware of of anything like this um, before we started talking about it today?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. And it's really hard. It's hard to believe that 1969 like that. That wasn't that long ago. We're talking. You know, less than 60 years ago that that was reality um, of how our country was. And
1: And I think that that I mean, one of the many shocking things, but I think that that's one of the shocking things is something that was not so long ago. Like we have so many things that that quote unquote stand the test of time, Mm -hmm. but like things like this that should stand the test of time just don't Mm -hmm. and they don't see their their, you know spotlight i think that that's what's really the most shocking and sad honestly
0: yeah absolutely I, i think i think from one perspective people might say well why why do you want to keep you know this as something that's that's like talked about and remembered because it's it's a bad part of american history that we had segregation but i think it's always important to remember things like that and really explore them and understand them because the best thing that you could do with that information is understand it and then do everything you can to avoid ever doing things like that ever again. So interesting, interesting stuff. So hats off to Mr. Eddie Leroy Vereen and his family who apparently most of them ended up working at the park over the 20 years that, that he ran the place. And, um, yeah. Like I said, if anyone, if anyone has any more information about it, I'd, I'd love to learn more. It's, it's, uh, sadly limited, uh, and hard to find. I wanted to say one of the things I did, cause I, I feel like in the past I've had a lot of success using, I use Google, I use, you know, the different search engines, but then I also go to like the AI search engines and I'll, and I'll give the very specific prompts. And every single time that I put in, Please, I would I would say please to my robot overlords. <laughs> I want them to know that I I'm a kind, gentle person. Say please provide uh, names of black men or women who have contributed to the development of you know, and I would say like Universal Studios or Knott's Berry Farm or whatever it was. And it would always come back and say like, unfortunately, um, and it's it would always start that way. Is is that like um, those names just don't They don't exist in the past, but it would always end with but nowadays there are these, you know, there's a a much more uh, concerted effort to embrace diversity and bring in people from all backgrounds, from all ethnicities, from, you know, no matter no matter who you are, uh, because the more people with different minds that we can get together, the better the product that we'll all have at the end of the day in the parks and, and, and beyond. Um, so inclusion and diversity is very, very good. I think we all can agree. <laughs> that's not, that is not a controversial statement that I'm making. Um, okay. That's all I've got for today. Steffers.
1: We did it.
0: I feel like we did it. I feel like I talked a lot, but that's sometimes when we're, when we're doing the the history stuff, that's kind of how it goes. So next week, When Landon returns, because he's enjoying his trip right now in Orlando, and hopefully he and and his smoking hot girlfriend are avoiding all the germs. Maybe I sucked them all up for him before he got there. but
1: Mm, The rain's washing them away.
0: Yeah, the rain's washing the germs away. That's right. I know they did Universal. They went to Big Fire for Valentine's. I think they've got another Universal uh, adventure planned, and then also they've got a lot of Disney time. So he's going to have a lot of stuff to talk about when he gets back. I can't wait to hear that. But also... We're gonna kick off that monorail menu challenge next week, so I'm excited about that. So let's, you and I, we'll we'll start it, but we'll let Landon know we got to review those menus and we got to come up with the uh, the specialty items, the spotlight. I already items. have one in mind. Okay, perfect. Then you're ahead of the game, Steffers. Try. Yeah. Well. In order for people to interact with us while they do the monorail menu challenge, or just if they want to follow our other adventures, let's talk about adventures with Steffers and what you've that got was a going.
1: Solid on. segue. That was <laughs> that was such a solid segue. Um, the next episode of the Adventures with Steffers podcast will be coming out this Wednesday, the twenty-first. I Exciting. just have to cue it, which is a great reminder for me to cue it. Cue it. Um. Cue it up. And I have Angela Dahlgren on, and we talk about a bunch of different hooplas and doozy its and theme parks, and no, we talk about a bunch of different stuff. Um, so that'll be on all your podcatchers, and I hope you listen, or you don't have to. If not, you can just stalk me on Instagram or TikTok at Adventures with Stuffers, um, and if you do post your monorail menu on Twitter, it's it's Stuffers because it adventures with stuffers is too long
0: but yeah i mean if you just want to if you want to tag uh at morning monorail we'll all see that too so correct yeah um
1: i see it all
0: we will see it we'll see it and we will enjoy it uh i'll give a shout out to landon and his twitter account at l-a-n-d-o-z he has been posting please go a
1: f- follow me yeah
0: please go follow him he's been posting a few things on twitter or uh, also on instagram at doz disney Check him out there, and he is a producer and personality on The Phil Show, 6 to 10 a.m. every Monday to Friday on 987 in Knoxville, 987, which I think is Newstalk987.com if you want to stream it from anywhere in the world. I am Justin Monorail. I actually updated my, uh, my personal handle on Twitter. It's back to at Justin underscore Monorail. So that's where, I, yeah, that's where I am on all of the things. This podcast is at Morning Monorail everywhere on social media. You can go to MorningMonorail.com and get access to a ho- whole lot of other content you might be interested in. We have a Facebook group called the Monday Morning Monorail Fam. We also have a Discord. If you want to be part of all those things, you're welcome. Just give us a shout and we'll give you access. I want to remind you, if you're listening on Monday, February 19th, tomorrow night, is our monthly Passholder Lounge episode live on YouTube. So if you're not already subscribed, you need to check out the Passholder Lounge. It's on YouTube. That's the name of the channel. We'll go live at 8 o'clock, and we are bringing on our friend Jeremy from Main Street Magic. He um, just wrapped up his year of Universal AP ownership, and I want to talk to him a little bit about that because I know he's not renewing for now. So I want to get his thoughts. Steffers is ashamed.
1: (laughs) Indeed, but that's okay.
0: But we'll chat about that and probably a lot of other things. So check that out tomorrow night. That'll be February the 20th, 8 o'clock, the Passholder Lounge. Whether you join us there or whether you just choose to come back next week, either way, we love you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're avoiding the germs that are out there flying around, the flu, the COVID, everything else. And I hope that you are getting excited for FloGar. Because it is coming for all of us. (laughs) We love you so much. And we are going to talk to you again next Monday morning. Until then, thank a team member. Thank a cast member. Thank people in the service industry. They work hard and they put up with a lot of crap. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.